Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the unremovable painting in the office of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who suppose turning a teacup into a gerbil would be the fastest way of convincing the prime minister that magic exists. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? Welcome to book six. Hey! <laughs> I'm sorry, in full agreement with you, the gerbil, the teacup to gerbil thing one of the most intelligent, fast things we've ever seen Fudge do. It's just like, oh, I need to, I need to really expedite this. Done. It's pretty convincing. And the uh, prime ministerial niece gets a, I would assume, pretty long-lived gerbil out of the situation. Who was already on my list as nominee for winner of the chapter. <laughs> well, so, we don't have many nominees for that, so. <laughs> um, I One of the things that we've talked about in, in previous chapters, um, I, I think begs a lot of questions and and I sort of love this and I know that there are questions at the end but it, it, this is not a question that, that requires I... an answer this is a rhetorical question I just want to uh, say BJ before mm-hmm. you get into your rhetorical question that yeah. just because you acknowledge that questions happen at the end you're like the person who drives down the road with their hazard lights on and believes that that makes everything fine just because you've said the thing doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want but please continue doing whatever you want Meaning that he can yes. do whatever he wants. Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. So uh, two things. One, do we think that there was a significant uh, syllabus change where instead of uh, rats, we're, we're, we're having teacup to dribble? Or, you know, as before, is there like specific inanimate objects to specific animate objects? And then I also want to turn your attention to the idea that... Um, some things are are sort of in the nature of animals, and but some things are learned. Do you think that uh, inanimate object animals are particularly dumb or don't know how to do the things that they should know how to do? Like if you know they they turned a uh, uh, a rolodex into a cat, would it just not know to 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 use a litter box and just like wander about like doing its business and it in you know, some other, like, in sheaves of papers because it was previously a Rolodex. I think that it would be predisposed to chase its own tail. Now now we're getting into questions of whether they're just inherent traits that come with a given species by the nature of turning something into it that just inherently pass along. Correct. It's a fun fun magical nature versus nurture kind of situation. Inherently (laughs) pass along, but also does does it come from the inanimate object that it once was? we also get a fun implication, too, that that would mean that this is in some way an import spell, because it's not like gerbils are native to the UK. <laughs> so eventually this one passed along the Silk Road from, you know, China, Mongolia, as, you know, along, along with other interchanges. I mean, your state has a has a long history of things essentially becoming native after that, so. <laughs> native with the most giant of air quotes. Thank you for offering those. Um, so That's moving on, about. moving on from Florida things. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um, we are in book six. We are starting book six. We have Spencer on record saying that we will do book six in 2024. And uh, we are here with the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, mm-hmm. the other minister. We have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. Uh, 
new uh whoa whoa we have a rapid fire recap <laughs> we have mm-hmm. bj's wizard wheezes we have newbies notes with spencer um we award house points and then there are questions um although i don't know chaos is broken there are out. questions the dead leaders times. are everywhere hurricanes are happening off the west coast <laughs> The, this the, is a chapter the of where there are have fled the building. There is the dementors no, have definitely fled the building. There is Murders no, and mayhem uh, and rule of law. Junior ministers acting weirder no. than normal. So, huh. I, so BJ's found I, I did not realize this, but uh, and I don't know if you have it, Spencer. But there is mm-hmm. uh, a book illustration as well as a chapter illustration. Oh, yeah, under the title, right? Yeah. On the title page. I noticed that this morning, too. Hang on. Hang on. Spencer. No, I just got the cover. Oh, you yep. just have the so, cover. You don't have a title page. So this title page, so so it's a book with a candle. Uh, the previous one was a uh, somewhat bare-looking dog walking out of a house, which I assume was serious uh, walking out of grim old place. No, no. I've got the title page, and then... Nothing up until the chapter picks oh, up. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, well. So it is a book with a cauldron on the front, uh, some bubbles and gas escaping it, and a bunch of tape on it. So it's a book. It's a book. Um, do we want to talk about the chapter picture since we did not get to do the reveal at the end of the last book? I am excited to do so. Uh, and we're starting off well of where this is an image which is plainly described within the chapter. There is no debate on this. We are singing. We are seeing what is the painting that hangs in the prime minister's office, incapable of removal, no matter what <laughs> acts of man, of the frog-faced, coiffed, wigged gentleman who announces the arrival of ministers to ministers. And isn't this just exactly the portrait that you would want hanging in your office? <laughs> Across the generations, <laughs> to the point you have to apparently call art historians to help remove the damn thing. Who cannot, in fact, do so. Um, I, 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 things that don't surprise me in the chapter for yes. one. Well, we did get, we have, we have precedent for this, uh, given that we could not get Sirius Black's mother's portrait off the wall at Grim Old Place. There are absolutely <laughs> sticking, um, sticking spells that are un, unstickable. Mm-hmm. As BJ has often pondered, it's the portraits that are actually running this world. <laughs> I'd spot the lie. But, so in terms of what would be your first recap of this chapter, it's a bit of a doozy. There's a lot of conversation back and forth. Do you think this will take you two minutes or under? Do you have a bet in mind? I think I can do under two minutes. I am not going to do a bet. I want to get my sea legs back under me in a new book. Also, non-standard chapters always tripping me up and here we have we have a doozy of a non-standard chapter for the beginning of this book book. yeah yeah it's not so it actually is a standard chapter for the beginning of a book it is a non-standard chapter for the rest of the book well well uh, it's not harry at the uh at his aunt and uncle's so like that i think no but we have gotten right um no we've gotten other Okay, that's right. Other yeah, we've op- gotten other openers, openers and then yeah. it goes to that. The, yeah, last it's time usually it more it's actually chair. usually a mm-hmm. a sort of elsewhere, world, right? um, yeah. elsewhere in the world, and then we go to something else. Which um, the third person narrator that just does things sometimes. That's right. <laughs> it just floats off into the world, flu powders right into uh, perhaps a prime minister's office. <laughs> Spencer, do you have your stopwatch? 
Uh, fun little fact. The main stopwatch where I knew it was broke this morning. So I've got my cell this phone. Morning. BJ, this is not an invitation to send. <laughs> this is not an invitation to send me more stopwatches. I've got a whole box of the prior stopwatches. I'm good. I just need to find where I put them. So we're going cell phone this morning, but it'll work. Okay. <laughs> so, Sarah, 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 whenever you're ready. New book, completely new scene. We start off with the Prime Minister waiting for a call to discuss some strange things going on um, of the past week and the political fallout. Bridges collapsing, nasty murders, a freak hurricane. He hears a soft cough in the empty room. And then an oil painting delivers a message from Fudge. They'll rearrange the call. He must meet Fudge. He's none too pleased about it, and even less so when Fudge emerges from the fireplace. They first met on the Prime Minister's first day in office when the oil painting announced Fudge's imminent arrival, and he found out about the Ministry of Magic, the Wizarding Community, and their distribution of power. He wasn't really ever supposed to see Fudge again, but three years ago, Fudge reappeared to report the escape of Sirius Black from Azkaban, none of which made sense to the PM. And it's how the news of Sirius's escape eventually made it to the Dursley's morning news. A year later, Fudge blustered in again to report some trouble with muggles at the Quidditch World Cup and to report some dragon and sphinx importations for the Triwizard Tournament. Then two years later, he popped in to notify him of a mass breakout at Azkaban, and now the other minister is back. All the strange events... Um, all of the strange events that have happened it have happened in the wake of Voldemort's return. Fudge has to report that Black was innocent after all and is now dead. In any case, Fudge says, they're now at war. Uh, they're making every effort, but the de Death Eaters are out of control and the Giants are getting involved. And Amelia Bones has been murdered, an event that even made it to the Muggle newspapers. Fudge thinks Voldemort did it himself. And Emmeline Vance and Dementors abandoning their post to join Voldemort in attacking people and breeding. The Prime Minister is appalled and demands um, action from Fudge, but Fudge has been sacked. There's a new Minister of Magic now, and he'll be there in a moment. Rufus Scrimgower enters, looking like a lion and taking charge. He bullies the Prime Minister into wizard security. Kingsley Shacklebolt has been installed as his new secretary. It was done weeks ago. And his junior minister has been taken to St. Mungo's to treat an imperious curse gone wrong. That's about all the time Scrim Scrimgower has, and he escorts Fudge uh Back through the fireplace. I've lost Spencer. I don't know where it is. I don't know what time it is. What has happened here? Well, we can figure it out post hoc from the recording. Uh, that th there seems to be a a slight uh, excitement going on, but uh, our timekeeper we'll, we'll, abdicated we his responsibilities. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he is still on mute. So he'll figure it out at some point. That's right. Uh, One fifty-seven fifty. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> He didn't abdicate his responsibilities, was, just I, his physical space. I, I had to unplug it and run across the room to un unplug a kettle, but gotcha. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for paying attention to that. Made it under the time. Very happy with that. I did have to practice and reread Scrimgower uh, many, many times <laughs> this morning because in my head... It's a word. Scrimgower? I, I thought it was... I, I had it spelled and pronounced completely differently in my head just reading it before I... Like there was an in in there. Anyway, that's not the case. So, Scringemore. I was pronouncing it Scringemore, which uh, I also like. Mm. It's just not what his name actually is. And that's sort of one of my favorite things <laughs> about this chapter, which is hilarious. It has here are how things that you know how to pronounce. Here's how they are actually pronounced. Correct. And then we're going to give you other names that good. Good luck but we're not going to tell you how to pronounce them. <laughs> and they're just wild things in the world. I love that the prime minister has essentially um, the experience of every fantasy reader starting a new series in the course of this chapter. Yep. <laughs> uh, BJ, what are we wheezing about? Um, 
so the uh, we're reasoning about a bunch of uh, somewhat British things, somewhat uh, random things in the chapter, and then uh, I think I found a mistake, and I'm gonna have Spencer verify in the Kindle whether it's it's still a thing. Okay. Um, so we're gonna start with, and was it his fault that one of his junior ministers had chosen this week to act so peculiarly that he was? Being, uh, he was now going to be spending a lot more time with his family, which is just a... It's, it's a tour de force. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I was assuming that was going to be more euphemistic than it was. That, I assumed that was just going to be a Britishism for, well, this guy totally had a weird sex affair and is now retreating into the comfort of his own family. For I know. I kind of wish that that was like the one thing that the Death Eaters weren't responsible for, and it was actually <laughs> just a sex scandal. <laughs> Oh, did you also call the minister? No. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's on you, guys. Muggles. <laughs> Doing all sorts of weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, my dear prime minister, are you going to ever tell anybody? was a very funny, like, it, it is a fun way to point out that Harry doing dumb things in terms of, like, not telling other people or advancement mm. of the plot isn't per se like a reflection on him being young or hairy it is a yeah maybe you don't want to like go around telling people things that are crazy because it could be a problem then they're gonna think you're crazy exactly yeah um and we did we really saw that in book two with the with the basilisk um murmurings which like was simultaneously harry saying I can't tell anybody about this because they'll think I'm crazy. And then it plays out that he tells people about it and they think he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's also got the very right target audience in terms of, you know, who it's going to affect yes. of where it's playing in a certain measure of vanity and paranoia that are just, you know, the watchwords of every politician mm-hmm. everywhere. So it also yeah. like, I do like, there are a couple of moments in this chapter, you know, we've spent a lot of time, uh, in the previous book, sort of shitting on Fudge for being an idiot, for being incompetent. But he actually has moments when he's really sharp. And I think it, we see a couple of them I, in this chapter, and I like that. I adored this chapter for that exact reason. Of we're, we're getting to see Fudge actually doing the majority of his job mm-hmm. in terms of what his day-to-day is, that he's actually a competent, a, a, a competent diplomat. He's skilled in terms of interacting with another individual. He actually shows deft and tact and, you know, empathetic understanding of another individual in a very capable kind of way. And that's probably most of what he does on a day-to-day rather than deal with Dumbledore and Harry Potter's shit. Yeah. I love that it's just, like, Dumbledore that kerfutzes him all the time. He's, like, normally sort of sort of competent, and Dumbledore just, he falls apart. He falls apart. Wait. Which we've seen in every prior mm-hmm. book of where he's doing fine, doing fine. Oh, wait, Dumbledore exists <laughs> falling down yes. a hill. Correct. <laughs> I I could totally see Dumbledore doing that on purpose. Oh, yeah. As a, like, yes. this kind of tickles me to just, you know, upend the government just a little bit, just to, to, to bother them. Um, I mean, it's sort of, in some ways, like, there's an equivalency of, of like James Bond playing pranks on, on like the prime minister uh, <laughs> kind of deal. But yep. for the, the tone of the story, it doesn't feel wrong. Um, the explanation of, you know, who is just something silly that I appreciate, but it almost feels like, 
J.K. Rowling is realizing the problem that that she set herself of referring to her villain as you know who, and <laughs> it it might be like a bit of a British thing, but like again introducing literally anybody to the concept is like a well this is silly and kind of doesn't make sense i don't really know how to go about this and also i absolutely do not know who i'm gonna need you to explain that to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that, that that was fun in terms of the character realizing oh right this is going to be difficult let's let, let's do an hour just cut off scene of where I'm going to try to walk you through the last five books of mm -hmm. explanation to even get to the point of getting to you know who. Yeah. Um, but it was also interesting too, where that was, we've all, I, we've debated back and forth in this podcast, the whole not naming Voldemort reasons for not naming Voldemort. Look at me naming Voldemort right mm -hmm. now. Um, but Are you nervous? That's the most, not a bit, uh, <laughs> but that's the most aggressive that we've ever seen somebody respond to that. And it's directed at a muggle mm -hmm. of where, Previously, Fudge would just flinch, or everybody else would just flinch. The moment the Prime Minister starts to even say part of the name is the most angry and aggressive we've ever seen Fudge with another individual in terms of just cutting that shit off right there. So I, that, that was just an interesting other data point in that whole, why do, you, why do they keep using euphemisms back and forth? I just realized something, and I have many questions, but I'm going to just point it out, which is Fudge wrote down Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, that's a... We'll have to come back to that. I'm going to mark that. Um, I mean, I don't know that I would worry about... Like, I don't want to take you away from a theory that you have. But, like, I think that it's important for him to s tell the Prime Minister, Lord Voldemort, not just Voldemort, to impress on him the seriousness of the situation, as well as give some, like, backstory and context around it. Um, okay. I don't think it's like an acknowledgement of, but it, it. I guess it feels more like a. I mean, we we know that uh, Voldemort is a mudblood, and language. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I I I was gonna make a a not hard D joke, but uh, <laughs> anyway. So, but also a lord means something in Britain in a way that it doesn't in other places and so yeah that was sort of the other like there are things here but well i mean yeah that's just but it is also like specifically how voldemort introduced himself when he was crafting this new persona right because it went from tom marvel riddle to i am lord voldemort right um so it is like also a part of what he was doing and his backstory yeah. um, that's true but also like an acceptance of his backstory by everybody and it's just like I, again this is sort of like the giving him power by his name and and, yeah. and you know Dumbledore and 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 company sort of not doing that but anyway it, it was it's just yeah no it's I mean I yeah I get your point and it is it is interesting and now I would be interested to go back which I will not do because this would take more time and effort for a very small point than I have but it would be interesting to see if Dumbledore has ever within the books referred to referred to him as Lord Voldemort, even mm -hmm. as he's like just explaining backstory and stuff like that. Because I, mean, I don't know. probably Googleable. Yeah. Spencer, you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> Spoilers abound, I'm sure. I, yeah. I, we're, we're, we're in problematic spoiler it, territory. Well, yeah. Currently. I, I did. 
I did particularly enjoy the time in the in the chapter of when he is using Lord Voldemort because it's at the exact same time he's describing the well, it's sim- right around the same time of where he's describing that he's been asked to step down to be replaced as the Minister of Magic by the guy. Yeah, which is an interesting showing of respect and authority to your opponent that is at this moment actively trying to subvert the government. Yeah, um, I love that we have Quidditch written out with a KW because. Mm-hmm. For some reason, QU is not generally accepted by the British public, I guess. Like, I, I don't understand the... Uh, I can't think... They take Qing very seriously, sir. Yes, I can't think of another name or another word that starts KW that's like an English word. Interesting. Mm. Nope, struggling. Can't think of one. Nope. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, Spencer, I don't know where you are in your book, but it's sort of right after that KW Quidditch discussion. It's like a page later uh, when the um, when Fudge actually comes out of the the fire once more. Um, Sorry, can you uh, yeah, got it can here. you repeat that? I was um, trying yeah. to figure out this Lord Voldemort thing. Well, so it's it's page ten since you okay. have yeah. the. This is around the time that he's talking about ordering dragons and sphinxes. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's right after that. And so, you know, he he it's the paragraph before. How should I know what's going on in mm-hmm. the Ur Wizarding community? Mm-hmm. Uh, Got it. Yep. Okay. So, how is sight spelled with the the sight therefore of Fudge stepping out of the fire once more, looking disheveled and fretful, and sternly surprised that the Prime Minister did not know exactly why he was there, was about the worst thing that had happened in the course of this extremely gloomy week, which is a serious sentence uh, in and of itself. Uh, mine is spelled S-I-G-H-T. They fixed it in the Kindle version. It is S-I-T-E in the hardback. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that is very much a mistake. Yes. Um... I, it was sort of one of those things that, that I was like, this is definitely a mistake in American English. I I don't know if the uh, England English do, do weird stuff because who knows about their spellings of some things. <laughs> um, and I was like, nope, nope, this is, this is just a mistake. I like to think that an American copy editor looked at that and had the exact same questions you did and therefore decided not to change an obvious <laughs> mistake because they just didn't know. Yeah, it was a little harder to Google back then, I guess. Yeah. And they didn't want to ask, because, like, you really don't want to ask, is it, like, do you, are you just still spe- spelling things funny, or is this, like, a real thing? <laughs> uh, good catch, BJ. Anything further for Wizard Weasels? Uh, I think that's it for, for this, uh, this chapter. Okay. Um... Sarah, as you already premiered, we get, finally, after so much debate, after so much discussion, a world's interacting chapter. Something that I feel like every fantasy writer loves to descend into at some point. It's their opportunity to be the most meta. They're most commenting on their own works and things that don't make sense because they're able to insert a character to which nothing makes sense. And that is what J.K. Rowling does here. Do you, can I ask, oh, go ahead, BJ. I was going to say... And, I mean, this might make more sense given when it was, but the lime green bowler, that that is, like, the hat that he has, and he doesn't have other hats, has a certain feel to it. He loves his lime green Hmm. bowler, I believe, yes. Um, So do do either of you have, like, what prime minister are you picturing here? 
Not definitely not a recent one because this guy's in office for like eight years, so he's <laughs> not at all resembling anyone over the last few years. Um, I'm I'm picturing maybe around the period this there is a Tony Blair feel to this in terms of what I'm getting. Yeah, um, I wasn't honestly really picturing any particular prime minister, um, mostly because these books have a '70s feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I like, I know nothing about, uh, that time period in, in, in the, Britain history. The pre-Margaret, the pre-Margaret Thatcher era. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good call. They do have a little bit, even, even when you get like indications that were definitely in the nineties and early two thousands, they still feel a little seventies ish. I'm well, going to have to think I, about I, that. I, actually, I'll... I'll withdraw my choice. This guy does come across as being very hacker from Yes Minister. So maybe I'll offer that so one as my suggestion. I have been picturing Hugh Grant from Love Actually. He <laughs> 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 just returned from singing Christmas carols? He did, yes. He did. His political plights are not... He has found love, but his political plights are not over. <laughs> um, well, I, I think J.K. Rowling, and, as I was telling you guys before we started... This chapter does really reflect how much better a writer J.K. Rowling has gotten mm-hmm. over the course of the last six books. And where I went back, because this was struck me as a little bit different. It was a little bit longer than some of the first chapters we've seen before. So I went back to book one. And good Lord, has she gotten better at the whole craft since then in terms of putting together these stories. And particularly how characters interact just come across as much more natural and a much better flow mm-hmm. of where... This is a perfect pleasure to read, and whereas previously, it could be a little bit clunky and awkward in terms of getting through it. Uh, yeah, in book but, one, I feel like that first chapter especially, like when I go back and read it, I almost read it as like a fairy tale. Um, it's such a mm-hmm. different feeling than even the rest of that book, although book one has a much different feeling, I think, than the rest of the books as well. Uh, she's also getting much more efficient at making me immediately empathize with characters. Mm. Uh, character alone in a dark room, go- spending time late up at night reading memos, mm. B- mm. knows how to hit me personally where I live in terms of just, you know, caring about another individual. Spencer, are your oil paintings that I can see hanging behind you, are those announcing your, your meetings for you? Is that your uh, scheduling no. app is your oil paintings <laughs> Thank God. Actually, no, I'm, I'm in the category of individuals that finds paintings of just like people looking at you on walls imminently creepy and I don't allow them in my home. What land, Landscapes are stark images. That's enough for me. Uh, I'm straight there with you guys of where the resolution to what was happening to Herbert Chorley, I find very disappointing of where the idea that he's just literally quacking mad uh did not tickle me as much as I was hoping this was just an elaborate euphemism for what would be a much more normal British-style scandal for that kind of era. Interesting yeah. that mean, they were putting was... him under an imperious curse, though. Um, yes, that, like, very interesting. It is, um, why it's happening is yeah. fascinating. The outcome yeah. is, is a little is exactly silly, why... but... I mean, it, it is, it's like one step off. He's just ducking around, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got auto-corrected. <laughs> Okay, well done. Uh, Why it's happening is very important, very relevant. It's the exact reason that the, you know, two separate ministers are here to talk with the prime minister because they have very valid reasons for being concerned that the Muggle government of of Great Britain and Northern Ireland is in the act of being subverted. So, yes, uh, please, Shacklebow out front will be doing will be doing your emails. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, I, Which, the amount of money I would give for Shacklebow to be doing my emails would be 
<laughs> Astonishing. Just take uh, all of my money. It's just like one of the things. I, I, I love when we see a competent character be competent in fields that are outside of their expertise. And Kingsley's just starting to exemplify that of where we've been given no reason to think that he would be, you know, imminently qualified for secretarial duties. But he's Kingsley, so we don't doubt. Exactly. I So do you think that, uh, is it Kingsman? Uh, the, the show Kingsman? The movie King, yeah. Kingsman? Is, is this just somebody really, really liked Kingsley Shacklebolt and wanted to basically just write a movie <laughs> about him but didn't want the fantasy element? Because that, that this has that feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually it does. Sure, yeah. That, that, is my, that is my now alternative explanation of the Kingsman series. It's, it's essentially within the Harry Potter universe, but, you know, because of reasons, it, it won't deal with the magic side. <laughs> hmm. Mostly copyright. Uh, <laughs> Spencer's favorite reason. Yeah. In, in terms of the interactions between characters, in this case, between individual and painting, debate the sentience there, uh, I briefly assumed that there was a lot more arrogance behind the line of that, you know, the call between the prime minister and the president of the country could be rearranged was just plainly, uh, what do I care of muggle affairs? Forgetting that, no, that just mm-hmm. means that they can go in and change it in an effortless show of will. There's going to be a oh, little yeah. ob- obliviate spell going on there, I think. Yeah, altering muggle memories, we do that all the damn time in a way that we're not ever going to fully explain to you. We're just going to reference it because we don't really care enough to actually indicate that you might be concerned about our constant, you know, modifying of will memory in the nature of human existence. So Uh, I I have another uh, uh, thing to to throw in as a wrench just in the world. So... uh, when when did uh, fireplaces stop becoming a thing? And then what happens? And then the other thing that I, that I want to uh, posit is that maybe uh, the reason that stupid uh, gas fireplaces were a thing in places that they didn't need to be, like Southern California, is because somebody's a Harry Potter fan and just didn't want <laughs> there to not be fireplaces for people to access just in the world. I mean... What is a little funny about this is that you are having exactly the same conversation that we have about Santa Claus and how does he make his deliveries in houses without fireplaces. As has often come up, I live in Florida. Two of the four houses I've lived in had fireplaces, despite having no practical purpose whatsoever. They fireplace is going to be around for customary reasons long after they stop being relevant. Well, when the Ministry of Magic needs to stop stop by, Spencer, you will. Although it really actually doesn't make any sense anymore. It, I wonder. So, hmm, I wonder if for security reasons they have put like charms around the Prime Minister's office to stop, like the, like or around Hogwarts to stop apparating in and out, so that people can't just like. Death Eaters, for example, can't just apparate right into his office. I bet they have. I bet I bet Shacklebolt is uh, checking them right now. <laughs> that would make a perfect degree of sense right there. Uh, I, Sarah, you referenced it. I really love this chapter is highlighting the parts of Fudge's job that we haven't gotten to previously see and that he comes across as being very competent at them. Like, particularly like his initial interactions with the Prime Minister are deft. They are confident. They are, you know, skillful in how quickly he's focusing on details and how much he's reassuring another individual that he knows is going to be overwhelmed by this. He comes across as being, you know, 
he's done this before and he's quite capable of performing it in a way that he's never previously and in other, other interactions we've seen him. Well, so there is an aspect of uh, can he actually perform this and him saying, hey, this is a thing, you know, we go through it all the time, has a very different feel of uh, conveying and reassuring whether you are competent or not. And and Fudge is not shown to be terribly competent. So it kind of it's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Like, we'll deal with it. As opposed to, oh, no, 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 it's fine. We'll deal with it. Um, and I imagine it's sort of uh, a shift between the early meetings and the later meetings where the early meetings are, hey, this is a thing, just so you know. And the later meetings are, hey, this is a thing, just so you know, bye. Um, and and we do see him we, get more uh, harried. Frazzled. Yeah. <laughs> As we go through. Uh, it, it, and I oh, God, actually Sarah, enjoyed that. that. Was terrible. Oh, Sarah, tell me it was intentional, please. Yeah. Bravo. Well done. Painful now that it's been pointed out. Curse you, BJ, but dear God. I don't think I, don't think I would have gotten that one for like two days. Uh, as a framing device, though, I really like the method of using Fudge returning and being harried as a very intentional means of recapping prior books to readers that may, may have had a certain gap between them. And it's, it is well done of where it's not obtrusive. It's not you know blatantly obvious that that is what the writer is doing. And it sets a fun framing device for the chapter of the Prime Minister sitting at his table just wondering, when will the strange lime magic man return? <laughs> uh, and dear God, holy shit, has a lot been going on in between the last two books. Yeah. Of, uh, I mean, Amelia Bones is dead. She, we, we knew that character. We met her. Mm-hmm. We liked she, her. She, she was fair. Yep. We know her niece. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is a character who has... Forgive it, forgive it. Bones in this world. It is. She was basically what? What the chief of police or the attorney general of the freaking you know magical world? I mean, and she did her best to ameliorate the problems that came across her desk. And you know, you can't ask for much more. Uh, you know what? I, what more? Apparently, I didn't know I could ask for that. She would apparently have an off-screen fight with Voldemort himself, and apparently throw down mightily before being taken down. I mean, just the mere fact that Voldemort felt the need to personally intervene to kill her Mm -hmm. is a hell of a statement in her favor about what her abilities were and probably to what degree she was actually interfering with his efforts. It's also... Uh, We knew... Go ahead. Hmm? No, please. please, uh, Moving on to another point. Go ahead. Uh, That the Dementors wander away off screen is an... Like, it's an interesting choice of bad things happen that the book has to deal with happening between books. Well, it's a certain degree of they wandered away off screen. It's also a degree of what we saw Harry and Dursley happen mm-hmm. to them. They're now finally accepting is, no, that's just happening on the streets of the UK. All Yeah. Over. And I actually, you know, it's an interesting point that all of this has happened off screen. I kind of like that it did because there's not actually really a reason that you need to show it in the books, but I love the, like, there's such a like stepwise function that has happened now as to like what the background horror of the world is that I think is really cool that it happens in the background. And we're just seeing the kind of ripple effects of it in both Mm -hmm. the wizarding world and in the muggle world, Um, which I kind of like. I would have really liked, uh, a point of view of maybe Bellatrix or somebody similar realizing that there's no one outside the cell. 
like that that kind of you actually mm-hmm. um it's not exactly that but you get a very similar you you essentially get that scene in the movies gotcha hmm. uh, sir i'm straight there with you though the idea that this is these would these would have been each one of these would have been its own book of just disasters yeah. uh, a few yeah. books back. Now they're being compiled together as a list they're barely able to keep track of and their resources are struggling to counter as a demonstration of how much they are truly at war, how much this is a society that has lost any resemblance of the peaceful bucolic world they knew just a, a briefly a few months ago. At, I mean, it, it continues. We knew, didn't we know Emmeline Vance? Wasn't she one of the members of yeah. the Order? Kindle is a wonderful feature where I can just click on the word and search back through prior books to find where it was Mm. referenced. Wasn't she like one of the people that maybe like, you know, flew with Harry when he was, when they were, um, I forget the exact scene. It's like when they were transporting Harry between locations. Yes. Yep. She was. It's like, uh, that's another notable person that is down off camera just for the demonstration of no, no one is safe. The world is falling. Mm -hmm. Um, there are dementors in the loose that are feeding, and the word dementors breeding will now haunt my nightmares of where I didn't know that could be a thing. I don't, I'm not sure that anybody else really did either, but I do I do love the like fish fertilize eggs where there's just like Yeah, a maybe, cloud. and that's where the mist is coming from. I don't know, but the, the like, the weird, it felt like a very particular English comment on the weather that... <laughs> Is now happens to be like linked up with these elder horrors that are, are yeah. breeding. <laughs> oh, Spencer, I, 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 this gives a, a whole new view of the mists. Yes, I was waiting for you to reach that point. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, I the love the priorities. Came from. I'm straight there with you. That is uh, British sentences in the entire damn chapter of where they're going. Oh, yeah, there are soul-sucking demons. They're roaming around. They're breeding. It's the reason for despair filling the streets of all of, all of the UK. And, oh, yeah, that's where the mist is coming <laughs> and from. And all this damn mist. So, <laughs> it's like the weather's got to be the actual more important point. Uh, but but also, like, the, the uh, tragedies in the muggle world are a bridge collapsed, a murder happened mm-hmm. near... Uh, the prime minister's house and storm. there's unseasonable fog. The fog is more annoying than the hurricane that has happened off the West Coast. Yes. Let's be very clear. I, I enjoy the part the cause of the hurricane is giants. giants. Of where mm-hmm. It's giants. I also love that I'm sure J.K. Rowling did not hesitate for a second to decide what part of the UK there would probably be giants mm. in. Like West Country? West Absolutely. Country. Yeah, that's yep. where they would be. Yep. Uh, we discussed this is probably the longest serving prime minister in decades in terms of the amount of times so years are go- occurring between gaps uh, in terms of him seeing fudge. Um, also for the prime minister, if if his measure of success is there not being a murder in a government department, and it, upon thinking that he immediately knocks on wood, dear God, has this guy had a rough <laughs> road in terms of, you know, like, you know, charting various successes in his career. I, that was so perfect, Spencer. Knocks on wood. I don't even know what I, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Um, the new Minister of Magic. Sarah, pronounce it for me again. I'm pronouncing it Scrimgower. Scrimgower. I like it. Uh, well, we're already meant to be more impressed by him than we ever were with Fudge. For he certainly has an aura of competence and determination and steadfast nature that was absent with Fudge at every other opportunity. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember, and I did not check whether he's ever been referenced before, but the fact that he had a limp... The fact that he comes across as like an old battered lion 
this is a guy that seems like he fought in the last war, or maybe he's at or he comes across like, a, like someone mixed a diplomat with Mad Eye Moody. I know. Yeah, that, I go ahead. I was gonna say I know that this actor plays a different character, but there was part of me that was imagining John Cleese. Oh yeah, who is there in a different? Yeah, in the um. Oh, I don't know how to spell his last name, but speaking of um, or how to pronounce his last name, uh, but speaking of Love Actually in the movies, and I think he's a relatively we don't see him a whole bunch in the movies, so I don't think this is going to like ruin your experience of this. But um, he's played by Bill N I G H Y. Night. Oh, night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a British tradition. He's a wonderful. Yeah, no, he's actor. a wonderful I, actor. I just don't know how to yeah. pronounce his last name. Um, Not the science guy. Mm-hmm. No. Hmm. Um. I, I can that that's good casting because mm-hmm. he he works for that physical description of that role that we saw yeah particularly the, like the the main of lion hair kind of thing I, I was trying yeah he, to uh, he out... was an aura by the way yeah oh, fits that fits I, and he came was... from the head of the British aura office sorry I'll stop um, interrupting th- there's one other character now that would very much fit and knowing the casting gives me a different sense of the character like I'm I'm not trying to say it's a spoiler but like. I was trying to figure out whether this was a more steadfast version of Fudge, sort of, or an older version of Fudge, where he's still incompetent. He just looks the part better, which is also very British. Mm-hmm. Um, or whether uh, it was a, uh, like, he's actually competent. And I think with the the uh, casting, it, this feels like he's actually a bit more competent. And Spencer, the other the other person that I was just thinking about was uh, is it Christopher Lee? Uh, oh sure. Where it's just like no, that that isn't what uh, the sound of getting stabbed in in the neck sounds like. It's actually this. <laughs> this guy does have that edge. It'll be curious to see how effective he ultimately proves. But he comes across like he is actually at least making decisions in a way that Fudge was never capable of, yeah. and is driving in directions in a way that Fudge actively resisted. He could feel like it, a it, it all, minister. It, he definitely has the image of, and I think the, the, prime, the prime minister even comments on it is that this guy comes across as a wartime minister mm-hmm. in a way that Fudge just can't. Yeah, Peter Sellers uh, would be uh, would have been a great casting here because you have oh, yeah. no idea because like when he walks in you have no idea which way it's gonna go <laughs> <laughs> i have range brace yourselves uh yeah but it, it, it does it is notably this guy is not he does not have fudge's warmth fudge was always no. warm you had that this guy is cold and coarse and is not particularly inclined to offer any measure of comfort or reassurance that's not what he's here for his response about the junior minister is delightfully just, you know, ice of where the Prime Minister asks about whether his junior minister, his friend, is going to be okay. And Scrimgeour does not even, like, bother to offer a response. Just simply, meh, irrelevant. Line, line item number four, mm-hmm. moving on. Uh, Fudge remains, though. We'll still have him. He's, he is in an advisory role as providing still muggle interactions, given his plain prior experience and, we'll give him credit, adeptness at it. Uh, he also gets what was, because Kendall highlight, uh, identifies what is the most highlighted line of the chapter, he gets the most highlighted line of the Ooh. chapter here at the end of, of, at the end of it, hmm. of where the Prime Minister asks, you know, you guys have magic, why can't you just fix this? And in a wonderful line, and a line that I feel like needs to be you know, thought about more in terms of just how, in a world where there is magic, there will obviously be counters, Fudge just simply laments, Trouble is, the other side can do magic too, Prime Minister. Chapter in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Effective line. Mm-hmm. I just realized 
who Fudge is, and I love it. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to come up with his name. Um, do you remember the character in West Wing, the British dude that kind of like Lord, yes. Lord Marbury? Yes. <laughs> That's who Fudge yeah. is. Like surprisingly competent, but you never would know it until like the chips are down and like things actually have to happen. But otherwise he's a drunk goofball that like, ah, you I, don't want him in any situation. The only thing we're missing with, with Fudge is uh, in that comparison is um, how much all of the women of the West Wing sort of fawned over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lord Marbury was a delightful trip of where, you know, greeting Leo and says, Marbury's looking surprisingly buxom or something along yes. those lines. It's like, we we haven't gotten that edge from Fudge yet. I'm here for it. If that's been Fudge off camera, I want to see that little side story. That is, but not, not I have been yet. thinking, you, uh, Spencer, you mentioned uh, Yes, Prime Minister, or Yes, Minister. I want mm-hmm. the remake of that that is Cornelius Fudge, and I would like all of this behind the scenes stuff. Could God, we get the we, Ministry we get of Her- Magic version of Yes, Prime Minister? Oh, Sarah, they're leaving money on the floor. Seriously. Let's get that show now. Seriously. I mean, much much better Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Like, this is this is the uh, extra stuff that this, <laughs> this is the follow-on 100%. series. Yep. Well, Sarah, I, I'm left Potter. to ask, in, in, a, in a chapter with very few characters, who wins, who loses here? Uh, great question. <laughs> Uh, we've had the niece nominated for winner, which I think is fair, however, very off screen. <laughs> um, I mean, I, so the new prime min- or the new minister of magic comes in winning, comes in winning, but is also in a really tough situation. You know, I actually, so I'm going to put our, our like prime minister, our muggle prime minister is loser. Um, mm-hmm. like, I think that's pretty clear. I'm actually not sure if Cornelius Fudge is not a winner of this chapter because he's like at least out of the position of responsibility for all this mess. But he, I thought he wanted it. I thought like he, I like he didn't seem like the failed upward by accident and didn't like it. I think he liked it until it became serious. It became real. I think he wanted to be a peacetime. Like a peacetime yeah. prime minister. And That's like we were talking about before, everything we saw was that he was fine at that. He was pretty good he at that. Opened the, up the, the Quidditch games reasonably well. And, he likes that you know, kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, this feels very like commenting on like the build up to World War II kind of moment of changing of the yeah. guard of where yeah. Fudge always is even physically described as looking a bit like Neville Chamberlain mm-hmm. and putting that mm-hmm. hat. Uh, this new guy coming in like a battered lion with a hunch and like you know a sign of a, of a veteran has certain Churchill vibes, um, and I mean, similar to Spencer. Why are you hmm? referencing World War Two era things? This these books have nothing to do with anything that <laughs> happened in that time. Uh huh. Yeah. But sure. Uh, it, it it is notable then that I I think I'm a, I'm a few I, I like the naming of Fudge because it's an interesting choice and it has interest it has different factors to it of where. Unlike Chamberlain, this guy did not resign. Fudge actually was forced to be voted out despite everyone asking him to back down, which mm-hmm. is a, a bit of a point against him. But to his credit, we get to see the more competent side of his character that we haven't previously disclosed. Yeah. And two, one of the things I think is most to his credit, he's still trying to help. He is, of where yeah. He could have just, you know, resigned in a fit or gone, gone into depression or whatever else. Spent family. <laughs> yes. 
But instead, he's actively like, no, I want to still contribute to this. What can I do? And they're like, okay, you, you can continue to liaise with the Magister Magic. That's a statement to his character that I, 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 I hasn't been clearly made, like, made apparent to me previously. So I, I think we see Fudge lose in this chapter, but my overall opinion of him has gained in a way that I wasn't expecting for I also think that this is a prime example, and we haven't really talked about in five full books of these chapters, awarding winners and losers, we haven't talked about the idea that perhaps you can be a winner of the chapter, even if you yourself do would not count yourself a winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, Fudge, where we saw him at the end of the last book, was no lower than we saw Fudge at any point in this chapter. But what we do get out of him is an improvement over mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's a valid choice. I I think Scrimgeour, he comes, he's got a hell of an entrance. I mean, the, the book wants us to see him just arrive with a full head of steam. But we don't know yet in a way that I'm not necessarily willing to commit to that he's going to be a winner. Yeah. It's too much of I mean, an introduction yeah. to start. improved anything. He's just, he's come in high. Uh, Correct. His yeah. one, apparent, one apparent improvement is the appointed Kingsley to be the, to be the Prime Minister's <laughs> Secretary, which, solid choice. I, I love that moment of, we're going to do this. Oh, actually, it's already done. Yeah, that that was just a deft moment of conversation of where he's just like, "Oh, you you disapprove of that? What do you think of the guy out front?" I mean, I, I, I suppose you're like, "No, no, no, he's too good. He's too great." Oh, so you like him? Yeah, yes, he's excellent. You can't remove him. I, I would never consider replacing him. He's already one of ours. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't approve of that. But you just <laughs> but you did. Just so did. let's move on. Maybe maybe Kingsley Shacklebolt is the winner here because he's got a new posting and he's also just competent. I, I would really enjoy if we're even after all this shit is done, if Kingsley just stays on working in government because he realizes he enjoys it. It's like, King, Kingsley for office. I'd support his campaign. I have so many spoilers I can't tell you right now. <laughs> what? Are we going to get the Kingsley political campaign? Is that, to reference West Wing, is season, se- is season seven of Harry <laughs> Potter going to be Kingsley's campaign regardless of what else is going on? Is he the Santos of the books? We've got a book and all but one chapter. Of another one to find out, Spencer. All right. Well, I think we got winners and losers picked. Uh, Sarah, are you willing to submit to a few questions before we exit stage left? I guess. That, is what, have a that is what we do here. Uh, not that we know of. Um, and we never get any more information on it, to be honest with you. It's interesting. If I had to bet, I would bet no. Yeah. He seems, seems like, like a lonely a guy kind of guy, just... right? Yeah. He, se- he seems lonely, like he's dedicated his life to the job, which makes, in some ways, his fall here all the more tragic. I'm going to see if I can find anything uh, real fast, but I my impression was that he never really had a family. Yep. Uh, well, on, this, on the subject of Fudge, what was he before he became Minister of Magic? Oh, I mean, I, I can... you, you, you Scrimgeour was a, an or. I'm curious about where, what Fudge's background was. Okay, so he began his career in the ministry as junior minister in the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes. He then... Oh my, he, um, what did hold he on, I'm trying to find the, out. The first Wizarding uh, well, War. Well, well, yeah, while he looks, BJ, how, how old, just from what we've seen, how old would you think Fudge is? Um, so Wizarding War was like 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago? Because it, it was Harry, Harry's parents died at the end of it. Yeah, so 15 or 16 years ago. Um, I, I placed him in the, like, late 50s-ish. So he yeah. started... I'm not... I'm not I'm, he st- started his career as junior minister in the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes. Uh, he was there by 1981. Okay. There's no indication okay. that... So he w- he was born in 1965. I, in terms of 
the first Wizarding War, he would have been 30 or he's 20. He's born in 1965. He's a lot younger than I thought he and was. And he's younger than he's portrayed in the movies, too. Hold on. Let me... Um... Wait, so sure he's like that's right. 35? Oh, no, he was born pre-1964, but the first reference we have to oh. him is in 1965. Okay. Okay. Um, so that, 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 that would be, man, he has been aged by the job from the description. Yeah, this is get. just like, it, the only thing the wiki says is that he was born before 1964. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I, I mean, if he was in 65, he would be giving off uh, like Macron vibes or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. Huh. It, so he was probably like early mid forties when the last war occurred. He was prob he was probably not in a position of senior government, but he was there to see it happen. And what do you think? He has oh, risen he does. in his period Apparently, sense. he does have a wife. No, that's okay. Um, bad canon. We'll head we'll, we'll canon that away. Yeah. Um, I I can see him having a beard more than a wife. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here's we only get one stray reference to it. Um, Mrs. Fudge, and we don't know her first name, we don't know anything about her, but when <clears throat> Bartimus Crouch Sr. was delirious in the woods in the fourth book, he apparently mentioned that his wife and son were supposed to attend a concert with the Fudge couple. Okay. Hmm. Hey, he was delirious in the woods, he was just <laughs> rambling. <laughs> Um, but that is literally the only mention we get. He also apparently has a nephew, Rufus Fudge. What it, it is interesting, given that you say his background was like dealing with uh, magical catastrophes, because that is a department that heavily has to interact with muggles, mm-hmm. which may explain part of his adeptness edit that we see here. Yep. I mean, I could see him being the like liaison more than like the cleanup crew. That mm-hmm. might, and that might, that absolutely might be true. Um, I mean, just the fact that he dances, that he dresses resembling something more of the era and, you know, like how Muggles actually dressed at least at one more recent time. He's a bit out of fashion, but he's close. He's close. Oh, it, it would be hilarious if um, he, oh, what was the, was it the Untouchables? No. What was the, like, British, like, semi-spy TV show? Um where the main character, they're like a, a male and female main leads. The male had like a bowler. Um, they recently, well, I say recently, but I was saying like 2000 made it into a, a movie over here. Um, it's like, you're everything like Get Smart? No. Uh, I'll, I'll try and look it up. Yeah. Uh, well, go ahead, Spencer. N- n- another question for me, Sarah. Yes. Um, in terms of the time period over which these interactions between ministers have occurred, should we treat the apparent era of the painting as a guide for how long this has been going on? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think I looked so up the- at one point what, how long that had been happening. Um, but let me see if I can find it again, because I think it's a pretty longstanding thing, but not like forever. Well, I mean, we've had... They didn't call them prime ministers, but we've had figures functioning as kind of prime ministers since about, you know, the early 1700s with Walpole. Mm-hmm. And that kind of seems like maybe a bit of the era of the painting that we're seeing on this wall. Yeah. I, um... The Avengers. Oh, oh the Avengers. Sure, yeah, I yeah. About that. I don't see a quick... I don't see a quick guide to how long that's been going on, but I think... I think there might have been some treaty that... Um, mandated it. I'm not sure. Mm. 
Oh, wait a second. Okay, relationship with the prime muggle, with the muggle prime minister. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't say. It doesn't say specifically um, how long it's been going on. Probably at least a couple hundred years. I would say. Um, do we do we have final confirmation basically in this chapter that Dementors are just a species? That they just, you know, are out there in the world like, you know, other forms of magical creature? Based on the fact that, well, the most important feature in terms of a species existing is that they can breed, and that is confirmed in this chapter. Though Fudge seems surprised at that. You mean yeah. the ringwraiths uh, can, can breed <laughs> and... No, I, I, if you asked Tolkien that, I bet he would have an answer. And the answer would be a profound no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's it. I also like am now thinking about Dementors like eels, um, where we just had no idea how they... We still don't really know a whole <laughs> bunch about how they breed. We assume they have to. Um, there are more than there were. <laughs> it, it does raise fun questions, and fun questions i don't want to have a specialty in observing how dementors breed that is a job i'm not volunteering for but the fact that they are you know now roaming the countryside consuming things i'm wondering whether there's a certain degree of just budding that is going on now when it comes to dementors Mm. any question any further questions from you bj uh yes what you got uh what are the mixed media implications for uh having a portrait done haven't we answered this question? Like, oh, not not specifically on mixed media implications. You mean if someone were, for example, getting a like half collage, half oil yeah. painting? Um, I'm not sure because then what I'd like to see is, you know, how we have the the different portraits like this one. I assume that communicate back and forth between different offices. I would love mm-hmm. a traditional oil painting in one, like coming back with a. Uh, pop art style <laughs> collage yeah. in another one and <laughs> like what happens in the in-between when you're moving back and forth between them yeah it, the, the, Harry, the Harry Potter world had a cubist phase and they realized that it was abject body horror and never did it again <laughs> and, and I mean just having you know like having a scene where uh, you know there there's dust dripping off the charcoal uh, drawing oh, yeah. at, at a table and at just like that whole thing uh, <laughs> would be I mean just imagine all of uh, Picasso's like uh, people coming together yeah. around a table and mm-hmm. <laughs> having mm-hmm. a conversation I love it um, this is the other spinoff that I would like is really all portrait based <laughs> I mean so basically the Spider-Verse movies are you know the the realization of Harry Potter yeah Paintings. I'll work with that. that. Any Um, other questions? I don't know that I answered that question, but we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think so. Oh. Um, How much time has elapsed since the last book? Um, So it's near the end of the summer now. Okay. As we, well, I I think it is. Um, We'll find out in the next chapter that it's, that the next chapter is certainly near the end of the summer. I assume that that is happening somewhat simultaneously mm-hmm. with this chapter. Um, but it's, let's say, a couple of months. So a lot of ha- has happened in actually a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Plainly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you uh, really feel, Spencer. <laughs> um, all right, 
Spencer, your favorite part of yes. uh, the episode. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Uh, First time of this book. This is... I, Chapter okay. two is Spinner's End. Yep. Which... That... We've got two figures approaching a door. They appear to be either hobbits or children, based on their relative size compared to the door. And there's a taller figure that's opening and staring out at them. Oh, and one this of the f- is not even mm-hmm. the chapter I thought it was. Oh, we have... Okay, never mind. Sarah knows things. Uh, it's interesting, too. Just One of the figures is definitely wearing a cloak, and the other one, one could think they are, but it seems more like that they just have very long, light-colored hair. Mm-hmm. They, they also... The way it's drawn, they look old. It looks like it looks like white hair, not blonde hair. It does, yeah. It looks like you know. If this was a different fantasy book, I'd assume that it's like a, there's a there's a miniature drow at the door. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I yeah. was gonna say I think that this is we have seen had some descriptions of perhaps a family that has somewhat Targaryen like hair. Interesting. Um, not that we're getting that crossover. <laughs> I mean, you're just saying there's some sort of malfeasance going on, and I, I'm here for it. Indeed. Um, <sighs> Y'all are too quick this chapter. Please, comment down but before we go forward. I forgot, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but you're going to get it. This is, we are in the rare book where we get the double opening chapters that are not Harry-related. Interesting. Will this be a trend going forward? Well, I don't, I mean, we only have one more book after this, so yeah. I suppose two points do make a line, but... Um, well, I, I have not a slight clue what from the chapter title or the image what this one's going to be about, but I know I'm going to be excited to talk about it. All right. Well, this has been really fun. I'm so excited to be on book six with you all. It's been a good one. Until mm-hmm. next time. Uh, so, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, does secrecy? Ha- when does secrecy overwhelm the the courts? And do the British have a similar system to what we do, where they're like phantom courts that that have phantom dockets, so they can do secret shit without it being a problem? Br- Br- British one hundred percent have phantom courts with secret <laughs> dockets. We we we, we learned we learned it from Dad. That, that's that was my presumption. But do they have like, a cool name for it? I actually don't know. I'd be curious to check. Um, It's a certain measure of irony that we specifically designed the Constitution to have open courts and then just went ahead and made secret courts immediately thereafter anyway. So human nature. Realized realized that they were a good idea to have on occasion. Do those get uh, declassified and released kind of like other secrets or are those a much more permanent like this is... I'm, I'm not sure if... The proceedings of secret courts are subject to the 30-year rule in England. I would kind of assume that they aren't. Yeah. What about the U.S.? U.S., no. They're not subject to review. You can, you know, do specific open op- open records requests yeah. to try to ha- acquire more information about them, but I don't think they're subject to regular disclosure. Uh, do they have similar information bits, kind of like other secrets, where they're, like, they're sort of headings that, but, like... There's a lot of redactions and other stuff, and you can do, like, a FOIA to find out about it? Or is this just, like, there's basically, there's a record of a judge being there, but that's about it. 
<laughs> with the scale of redactions you're going to get, yes. Basically, I mean, a combination of the two, BJ, in terms of, yeah, yeah, congratulations, you found out that there was a hearing and a decision was made. Anything that was said therein is just including a little fun note saying, top secret, thank you, ask any further questions and regret it. <laughs> Are there groups that FOIA courts in the same way that they do, uh, like, other government proceedings? I don't think, I don't believe there are dedicated FOIA courts. Uh, I I meant like people that like try and look at court records the same way that they look at other things. Is there anything interesting in them or is it usually just like a, well, this was a military operation and we needed to do something. So not, not something I browse to the same degree. I imagine that there are interesting things in it. Min. Yeah. I'd be curious to check and find out more myself. I'm hoping that someday you'll have like a a weird judge that you follow all like all their their secret court proceedings at some point. <laughs> it... well, it's not it's not like indi- well actually I was about to say it's not like individual judges have secret proceedings, but even under Florida law, you can't access certain categories of proceedings online because they're kept secret by code. So like anything related to family matters, I can't just pull that up on a docket and find out what the case is how the case well, is going. I don't know. That that seems more sealed than secret, but I guess that's yes, kind of Cap- the same thing. It, it's a different category of the same thing. Yeah. Of where it's it, it's that there is no procedural means by which I can just access records for certain kinds of cases. It's less that no, these by their nature must remain secret from public eye forevermore due to the yeah due to the individual nature of their proceedings. It's just nah. We view these are a private family affair, and so we don't want everybody else looking in. That's fair. 